0: Well, we, we're hopeful that we could find the informant. Now, remember, these informants are, are kind of in the, the spy business, so uh, they don't make a habit of uh, being seen a lot or, or being high profile or anything like that. Uh, we have basic information with respect to what the informant has alleged, and it's very serious. It alleges uh, that Joe Biden, when he was vice president, was involved in a quid pro quo with a foreign country, uh, in exchange for for four and eight, this is a very serious accusation. All the FBI has to do is say, "Yeah, we looked into it, and and it it wasn't a credible informant."
1: That was the voice of Congressman James Comer, who is the head of the House Oversight and Accountability Conference. He was with Maria Bartiroma recently, and he told us some stunning things. Uh, not only did he just mention one of them that the informants are missing. Uh, but there's more, and I'm not going to even tell you more because we're going to get into this. I really think if you want to take a piece of pe- a, a piece of paper and a pencil and write down what we're going to talk about today, it would be good because it's getting harder and harder to find the truth. Uh, well, we couldn't do what we're doing without Preborn. They are our sponsor, and I'm really proud to say that. Uh, Mother's Day just happened, and uh, it was a wonderful day. I'm sure many of you, because I know you, uh, you've been my listeners for a long time, many of you, some of you are new. Uh, probably spent sent money in honor of Mother's Day to preborn because they do provide help for women who find themselves in a crisis crisis pregnancy. I want to tell you about one of them. Lillian found a preborn network clinic on a search and reached out. She was in a very dark place, but after speaking to a staff member, she felt an instant connection. From that place of security, Lillian opened up about her difficult situation. Her client advocate reminded her that even if she feels there is no one she can turn to for help, she can always turn to God. Lillian chose to keep her baby, and the clinic staff walked Lillian through her pregnancy and even continued to help her after her daughter, Zara, was born. Lillian described the Preborn network clinic as her safe place and is extremely grateful for the clinic and the staff. And that's just one story. If you would like to help preborn help these women through ultrasounds, letting them see their baby, all you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. It's only $28 a month to save uh, one baby's life, uh, to at least show the mom what the baby looks like and give her the chance to really choose life. So it's preborn.com slash Sandy. And by the way, if you'd like to call us or leave a message. It's, uh, you can call us at 662-821-2040, 662-821-2040, and we will be uh, playing your phone calls and commenting uh, on them in in a, in a show in the future, in the near future. Uh, you can write us the old-fashioned way at sandy at net, sandy at net. Okay, this is really going to be a powerful uh, podcast, and so I hope that you'll Take it seriously, listen carefully, and share it with your friends. This is the next edition of Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. Uh, this is absolutely extraordinary and it is stunning that some people are missing that you need to prove this. Uh, who in the White House is intimidating these people? Do you know?
0: I do know. Uh, we're saving that for a later time. Uh, but I can tell you one thing that a lot of people don't know. When, when I issue a subpoena to a bank or to an individual, the second I issue that, Jamie Raskins gets that. And when we get information in from the bank or or from any individual, they make two copies, one for the majority, which are the Republicans, one for the minority, which are the Democrats. And my biggest problem with the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee is they're acting as a criminal defense attorney for the Biden family. Uh, Not only are they not working with us, they're obstructing every step of the way. So the, the hurdles that our committee is having to overcome with the Democrats on the committee, Uh, With the Biden big dollar uh, criminal defense attorneys with the power of the White House, uh, with the Department of Justice, with the FBI, there are a lot of obstacles. But I think what we produced this week, this 38 page memorandum was pretty solid evidence that we've been able to accumulate showing that Joe Biden lied when he said his family never took money from China, showing that the media got it wrong when they said none of these payments were ever made while Joe Biden was in office, and then naming nine Biden family members that received money. None of this was ever known before. Uh, so we presented the media with something they weren't used to, especially when Adam Schiff was leading the investigations. We produced evidence.
1: All right, that's the voice of Congressman James Comber. He's the chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. Uh, he did a press conference uh, just recently, and it was an incredible press conference. I hope that you have been hearing some of this. It's difficult now to get proper information, but he dropped a bomb, a huge bomb. And that was that the Biden family, at least nine members, uh, have been, including grandchildren, including Hunter's ex wives, one of his girlfriends. Uh, grandchildren. It's an unbelievable story that they are getting millions of dollars, 10 million to be exact. Well, at least 10 million while uh, Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. I would say, Houston, we have a problem here. But here's the thing. The reason why your neighbors are not upset about this, if you wonder, if you're having a conversation and they're not upset about this, is because, well, ABC, uh, NBC, CBS haven't even spent a minute not even 30 seconds not even a mention of this information uh, and so and then so you ask about the print media well how about the new york times how about political how about time well new york times headline house republican report finds no evidence of wrongdoing by president biden political comer releases biden family probe update without showing a link to the president Time Magazine Comer Investigation of Biden Relatives Swings and Misses on Allegations of Influence Peddling. The opposite is true. They have so much proof, so much evidence that it's stunning. And yet this is what's happening, America. Uh, Terrible things are happening, whether it's on the border, whether it's in Washington, D.C., in these hearings. uh, There are revelations. People are working hard to uncover this stuff, and you're not hearing about it. So we're going to correct that. We're going to correct that. This is Sandy Rios 24-7. We're going to give you as much information as we can, as long as they will let us speak. I've invited someone to join us this morning. His name is Mike How Mike's been our guest before. Uh, he is an expert on all of these hearings. He's the director of the Oversight Project, which is uh, the Banner of Heritage Foundation. They've just been doing some incredible work. and I want to give you a little taste of Mike's background because it's very impressive. He He's had a lot of experience with this. He was um, with the Department of Homeland Security, the Office of General Counsel, chief legal point of contact for the Homeland Security's 3,000 lawyers for all congressional oversight and investigations. He was also an attorney for both Senate Homeland Security and the Governmental Affairs Committee and the House Oversight Committee, working with, well, I would say my, uh, I would say good friend, but it's professional friend, Ron Johnson, uh, Jason Chaffetz, and Chairman Ron DeSantis. You might have heard of him. So that's Mike, a little tiny bit of his background. And he joins us this morning to kind of address this and give us some insights into what's happening in those hearings on Capitol Hill. So, Mike, thanks for joining us this morning.
3: Hey, thanks for having me, Sandy, to talk about this.
1: Yeah. Well, all right. So early on, when you and I spoke last, and it's been a few months, uh before the, uh, while the, the Republicans took power in the House and they were gearing up for these investigations, you were skeptical that they were unmanned and not able to do a proper job. What's your position on that now, Mike?
3: Well, they're definitely still undermanned. I mean, the state of corruption is just gigantic. And ultimately, the system of achieving justice we have for these types of you know crimes, really, getting them out to the American people, is inadequate. I mean, you don't have handcuffs. As a congressional oversight attorney, it basically boils down to letter-writing campaigns and, and requests for documents, which are ultimately... Uh, the arbiters, the federal government themselves, in enforcing a subpoena. And so when you take into account the sheer volume of corruption, whether it's at the First Family, whether it's at the FBI, whether it's across any of the agencies, uh, it is a huge, huge problem. And so just in a numbers game, you can't staff up enough the House of Representatives to ever deal with all of that. So what you have to do is make careful decisions about the areas you will focus in on. And uh, to that end, I'll say Chairman Comer, um, has done a very good job on the Biden first family investigation. Two kind of points on that. One, that's the hardest job in the world because they're blatantly and obviously corrupt. Uh, and that's been out there ever since the laptops have been out there, uh, these art shows, etc. I mean, that is, they have been showing off and not taking any steps to hide it for, for years now. But he he's uh, done something that I think was really smart and clever vis-a-vis the media. As you went over, we've lost the media. There, There isn't a fee in free and fair, you know, legacy media in this country. They're uh, instrumentality of the state and the regime. So knowing that, Comer has went out and gone the paperwork and the receipts himself. He's not building a case by inference and quotes. He is building a case based off hard documents, things like bank records. You cannot argue the fact that millions of dollars from Romania or the CCP or in areas of Ukraine hitting the bank accounts of a web of Biden family members is of course a uh, corrupt act. They don't own a business. They aren't selling anything. So why are chief adversaries from all over the world just routinely sending the Biden monies? It's outrageous.
1: Yes, and he actually a couple of points I want to make sure that I that I point out. I found the press conference fascinating. There was so much information in it, and it, you know what? It, what I loved about it, Mike, was uh, these are just regular Americans. Mike Comer is a congressman from Kentucky. Comes from the heartland. Uh there wasn't any pomp and circumstance. It was plain speak. It was very compelling that way. Uh it wasn't all polished Washington. I know there's a room for that. There's a place for it. Uh, but I just felt um I found him very credible, the James Comer himself. Now he he talked about uh he said that the China was actually the most what did he deem it? He said um they're the most credible, I think he said. Um reputable. He said China was the most reputable country. On the list of countries that have been sending the Biden's money, China is the most reputable. And they have, so they have a lot more information to release to us. And I'm guessing, would I be wrong to guess that this, there may be some um, updates that things that have happened during the Biden presidency?
3: Oh, I think that's what we're all looking for. I I sincerely doubt the money stopped coming. Uh, Once you reach a point of that much shamelessness and accept this type of money, Why turn it off, especially at a moment when you know the media and and your Democrat gatekeepers, whether it's Jamie Raskin who is dealing with you know Comer, uh, will just defend it. Like at this point, if you're Joe Biden, you have to be thinking: Is there anything I can't do? Is there Mm -hmm. is there some line I can cross where the media would say, okay, that's actually too far? Because I don't think there is. And so if I'm the Biden, I'd be taking money up until recently. What you're not going to quote unquote get caught because. No one will ever say anything you did was wrong, and we have such a propaganda problem in this country. They'll just call everyone who believes you did something wrong crazy up until he's a billionaire. You
1: know, the thing that I like to point out uh, that's important to point out, this isn't just as though just means anything in this point. It's not just a matter of financial corruption. I have to make that clear. This is a case of a man in high position, including this started when he was a senator, as I understand it. I don't don't even know if Comer included that in his report. Uh, But uh, this is a case of doing policy, making policy. This is the allegation, and I think we have reason to believe it's probably true. The allegation is that Biden, as president and as vice president, and I want to remind people that Barack Obama put President Biden over the countries of Ukraine, Russia, China, and I don't know what the maybe Romania. It was his job to do handle those countries. Well, he handled them all right. He made millions of dollars through his handling, and actually they implemented policies that were, well, just incidentally, we'll say, coincidentally, they implemented policies that favored these nations, especially China. And, you know, Mike, there's another word for that. It's not just corruption, money corruption. There's another word for that. Uh, when uh, and I will just say it, I can't imagine that this is not at its heart. You don't even have to address this. I'm going to say it: treason. I can't imagine a president selling uh, favors to our enemies and stopping oil production and doing, uh, you know, setting up this electric car business, which benefits only China. You know, with all their resources and their factors. I'm sorry, I'm on a rant, but um, this is much more than money laundering, isn't it?
3: I think you're definitely in that category. I mean, look what's happening in the southern border. The very first thing Biden did was open up the southern border for the biggest crisis in American history on that border. And he did it full well on purpose. And meanwhile, you got the president of Mexico so happy with Joe Biden. He's telling every Mexican-American in the United States, hey, never vote for the Republicans. And so you just compare that real quickly. Imagine if Vladimir Putin in the Trump era said, you know what? I love Donald Trump. Everyone in America vote for Trump. Don't vote for Biden. That would have been the FBI going crazy every single day on it. It would have been uh, investigation after investigation. But since the regime media just does not care about what the left and their misdeeds, you have like 7 million people crossing the border. President of Mexico is telling everyone to vote for, for Democrats in the next election. And Biden lending as many as he possibly can. in. It, it is insane uh the levels to which they will go. And I do think when you start tossing around terms like treason, bribery, corruption, we're in that space right now. We're definitely in that space.
1: Yep. Okay, I want to change the one of the things that Comer said on Maria Bartiroma yesterday had to do with the whistleblower informants. And in fact, let's stop just for a second to hear his own words, and then uh, we have to talk about this, as you know. This is uh, clip three.
0: What we've investigated and the people that we've tracked down, uh, going back to the CEFC, uh, the two main players in that business, as well as all the Americans that were involved in the uh, different Biden uh, influence peddling schemes, as well as the Serbian national. Uh, the nine of the ten people uh, that we've identified that have very good knowledge with respect to the Biden's, they're, they're one of three things, Maria. They're either currently in court, they're currently in jail, or they're currently missing. So it's of the utmost importance that the FBI work with us to be able to try to identify uh, what research they've done, what investigations they've done, because we have people that want to come forward, but honestly, Maria, they fear for their lives. Not only are the Biden lawyers and the Biden White House intimidating them, the media is trying to intimidate and discredit them. And I think if you look at the Rasmussen poll, you know, 7 in 10 Americans are very concerned that Joe Biden's involved in a, a public corruption scheme. And they want to know more information. 7 in 10 Americans strongly support the work that our House Oversight Committee is doing investigating the Biden influence peddling. And we just need to get some cooperation from uh, these different deep state bureaucracies that are standing in our way.
1: All right, so you just heard him say that uh, whistleblowers and informants, of the ones they're trying, they're wooing, that they know exist, uh, a third are in court, a third are in jail, and a third are missing. Uh, Mike, this is your bailiwick. Um, I just read, I'll just say, I read a story just last week, uh, or maybe more than that, by Kyle Becker reporting that Dr. Gal Luft was the co-director of the Washington-based Institute for the Analysis of Global Security, and was getting ready to real ex- reveal some explosive information about the Biden family has disappeared. There's more to the story, but you should be telling this, not me. Just respond and tell me what you think we need to know about this.
3: Right. So it's terrifying, first off. The fact that you know, a case so central to uh, potentially take down those in power, You have people are missing in jail or in court. Uh, terrifying. I I really hope that Colmer's team is doing all they can to help those that are are missing. And then, as it relates to those who are in current court cases, we have seen a very very litigious first family. Not only in their private kind of practice, but also using the FBI and DOJ to snare people into you know schemes in which they take plea deals uh, and, and whatnot. Say things on the record that would be helpful to the Biden family in order to, to you know make a deal. And so with this just escalation of that as a standard operating tactic, uh, things get very hairy. You, they, they have all these court cases as a way to limit what Congress can get out of, uh, individuals. Because the, uh, the major reason why Congress can be withheld information is they'll say, oh, it's an ongoing investigation. We cannot tell you something about ongoing criminal prosecution. And so when they try to wrap as many things into those ongoing prosecutions, they're really what they're really doing is limiting what Congress could find out. So I think that's a large part of what's happening here. Uh, but the thing that really sent off the alarm bells are the missing individuals. I mean, going after a whistleblower physically like that is, is something we don't deal with routinely in this country, and for good reason, but we're dealing with the most corrupt first family in the history of, of our country. And so who knows if anything's off the table for them.
1: All right, these are two big topics that I just want to mention that uh, Gal, Dr. Gal Lufthus is, is, is missing. There's several things to say about him, but one of the things that he says that's really incredible, he claims that Hunter Biden had an informant in the FBI and he was called One-Eye. That's Maybe that's why he's missing. That's not all he says. He also says, uh, he actually uh, gave, he says, according to him, he gave something like a 19-hour interview with the Justice Department on the Biden corruption, and he's in a position from his background, Dr. Gal Luft, to know about this because he was involved with that Chinese energy company. Uh, he gave something like a an 18-hour interview to the FBI in March of 2019. So they know all about this. They've known it since 2019. Uh, so that's just one whistleblower. What can you say about one eye and maybe having an informant inside the FBI?
3: So, I've been reviewing that record of what's been out there in the public in terms of one eye. Uh, it would make a lot of sense if Hunter Biden did have a, a source within the FBI, um, given the frequency of his contacts with things subject to the FBI's jurisdiction is his, you know, uh, name, his background, his stature. I, I think the allegations definitely point to the fact that he had, you know, some inside intel along the way. Uh, if you look at things on his laptop, it, it certainly backs that up as well. Um, that is also terrifying It's you have the, the guy who the FBI should really, you know, be going after. If you look at what's on the laptop, these business deals, uh, not even to mention the lower level stuff like the gun and tax issues, uh, but instead he's got a high level FBI source tipping him off. That's just a state of play right now. And it's terrifying when you talk about Gal up, what he's putting out there on Twitter and when he basically said, you know, I have all this information and next thing you know, he's apparently missing. And where is ABC, NBC, CBS covering this story? Uh, this is like if during, you know, the Nixon area. if Deep Throat just suddenly went missing, people would be uh, freaking out, but we just have the media that doesn't pay attention, and they're missing out on what, in some aspects, is like a spy thriller story for this country.
1: You know, I was uh, just this morning researching a little bit, and I uh, was trying to find an article in PJ Media. I had the link. And so I was there something about Comer in this investigation? I haven't read it because I couldn't get to it. So I I, put, I, t- I clicked on the link and I get this uh, warning. Uh, this is, uh, you are not this is being viewed. Uh, and this they may be take trying to take your uh, your pride information by clicking on this link. That's for Gateway Pundit. Uh, I tried it twice. I tried it from two different angles. And the point I'm making with that is not that particular story, except that people have to understand. First of all, Google's not our friend. They're not going to give us easy access, and that's why you've got my listeners. I'm telling you now, you need to find different sources of information. Uh, you need to subscribe to these various platforms that are trustworthy, like PJ Media, like uh, like what? Uh, the, the Just the News with uh, John uh, Solomon. Yes, John Solomon. Solomon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, so you need to directly subscribe to them in order to get them because they're going to shut this down. I can't, I can't believe it, Mike, how the networks um, and the major print media, three top, um, are, ref- are either say- lying about this report or the, the facts of it or not mentioning it at all. It's jaw-dropping, is it not?
3: It's absolutely jaw-dropping, especially when you look at the, the polls of the American people and their sentiments. Uh, everyone pretty much knows that there's a lot of shady business that that surrounds the the first family and Joe Biden himself. Everybody knows that there are some massive shenanigans in the 2020 election. The difference between what poll and public sentiment are, and with what the Big Three report is, night and day. And so I think it's best just to view them as propaganda machines that do some kind of view conditioning for unfortunately too large of a swath of this country. But at the end of the day, most people are smart enough to see through that. Uh, the uh, the New York Times, Washington Post, et cetera, they're the palace guards. They're the instrumentality for the regime and the first family. And people just got to be smarter to that and instantly discount anything coming out of those those regions. And uh when you have bank records and members able to, to walk through time, place, and location where decisions were made based on Financial payments coming to the first family, that's all you need. That's enough, certainly, for what would probably be the the most meaningful removal of a president of the United States if, if you know it came down to it. You have the whole case of evidence that's being put out there. And mm-hmm. so it's up to the House, really, to decide, are, are they going to impeach over this? If not, then what else more is needed? I think that's where the conversation needs to go.
1: Just to your earlier point, I saw a CNN focus group they uh, after E. Jean Carroll gave her testimony or made some statement in public uh, on some outlet, some of, one of her ridiculously nauseating statements. E. Jean Carroll is E. Jean Carroll is the one who accused President Trump of rape. For those of you not following that, thirty years ago, and so following, uh, I guess the court decision, they, the the probably ten people in the room, and it, it Mike, you would have in, well, you would have probably uh, taken pleasure from this like I did. Uh, first of all, the moderator is very uh, strong-arming his guests. He's really trying to get them to say what he wants them to say. So he sets up a question for a female member and sets set up about rape, and isn't it horrible? You're a woman. Don't, aren't you concerned about this? And she basically said, and many of these are not conservative. She said, well, yeah, I think rape is very serious, but when somebody accuses rape uh, 30 years ago and doesn't remember what day it happened, you know, I'm I just I shut off. I'm not listening. <laughs> and that was his first answer. Oh. And then he went around the room. He got answers like that. And so I think you're right. I think people are beginning to catch on. The problem is if it's too late, it can't, we just have to continue to speak the truth so that more and more people will will hear it. Um, one thing now, I, we mentioned an FBI, uh possible FBI informant placed by Hunter, a mole. But one of the things that... Um, Comer said yesterday is that there is someone in the White House, someone or someone's intimidating these, uh, these witnesses. And he knows who he knows who it is. Uh, What do you know about that?
3: Uh, I don't, I don't know who this is. Uh, Just looking at this from my congressional oversight hat, I wouldn't be surprised that there's someone in the White House. And this happened uh, in a couple cases I worked on that basically reaches out to the lawyer of a witness and it scares them off certain topics, saying, "Oh, we're just like no, we we believe these areas to concern executive privilege, these areas are confidential information, and whatnot." It's I took the whole process when I went through it a couple times of like they're trying to spook us out of uh, getting into those topic lines. We're gonna do it anyways, but that's that person's job. That their their job is to you know spook you a little bit. I I imagine that's what's happening here on steroids. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, the, that long clip I played just before this, con- this part of our conversation, uh, Cong- Congressman Comer mentions two very big things, actually, in that one clip. And that was that there's a he, believe, he knows who the White House intimidator is, and they are on that, whatever that means. And the second part was, he said, everything that comes to the committee comes to Jamie Raskin, who is the minority leader on that committee. Just comment and help us understand what's happening there.
3: So that's a routine part of congressional oversight. You give copies of the documents to both the majority, minority uh staff and members. So I think Comer's pulling putting out a uh, more specific point here. It's that he's accusing Jamie Raskin of completely abdicating his duty in that committee. Jamie Raskin should be on the team of oversighting the accountability and representing the House. What Comer is saying is that he has abdicated that. And is instead using his position to just give a heads up to the Biden White House to help them in messaging, to be their defense lawyers, et cetera. And so this is kind of another fundamental problem with the structures we have to address problems of the government today. You need to have these branches of government be somebody somewhat uh, adverse to each other. In these instances, you can't have the Congress on the same side of the administration and investigation. It makes it makes no sense. And so I think when people talk about the cover-up here and the corruption, they need to include Jimmy Raskin in that conversation as well.
1: Well, of course, Jamie Raskin was—was was he the chairman of the J. Six Committee? No, he was. A, no, but he had a—he uh, had a starring role. Let's just say he had a lot to do with that. <laughs> and there's information recently. This is an article by Julie Kelly where she is exposing. To change the subject just for a second, uh, she's exposing the lead of the January the January 6th lead prosecutor, Matthew Graves. And she points out that he donated $2,000 to the Biden-Harris campaign. And there's a lot more to the article, but it also, uh, we're finding out that one of the groups that's working against Clarence Thomas to try to take him down is the National Women's Legal Center. And the CEO is Fatima Gose Graves, who is the wife of D.C. U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves, who was the attorney on the J6 committee. I, I just, I, I, what do you know about that, Mike?
3: Uh, no surprise. Julie Kelly's terrific, so she says it. I believe it and support it. Uh, the J6 committee was a hotbed of radicals, some really, really radical lawyers who just wanted to, to you know, do some damage for sport to, to those of a different political persuasion. They, they ruined people's lives. For no marginal benefit even to developing the case or a public understanding of what happened that day. Um, this is also what Graves is doing in D.C. You have D.C. I wouldn't recommend walking outside there uh, or you know taking your kids or children into a terrible crime-infested city at this point. And Graves is using his time to just prosecute as many nonviolent J6 uh, offenders as possible. He wants to get trespassers in jail if they ever wore a MAGA hat. And uh, he's a real example of what happens when people with power also are to be very evil and have evil intent. time. And uh, I'm really hoping that the House focuses in on him. I mean, he is subject to congressional authority, as are other U.S. attorneys who aren't doing their job. And so hopefully he gets called in. And if we're talking about impeachment and they're considering people, that'd be a good place to start, too.
1: Mike, uh, tell us. Uh, we're just to have a few more minutes. Tell us what other... Committee hearings are notable. Are other accomplishments by these uh, hearings that have been held in the House recently since, since February, I guess? Uh, what other things right. should we know about?
3: So in, in terms of hearings, uh, there have been quite a few, but I'd rather focus it on, on a development. Uh, I think the, the best thing the House can do is get people under oath and, and depose them for eight hours. That's where the information really comes out. Often those are staff-led deals, so you need a big staff and a big, experienced staff. Uh, But there was a a deposition of a guy uh, who signed the 51 intelligence agents' letters. Remember when they came out with that letter from 51 former spooks? Oh, yes. And it said, oh, the Hunter Biden laptop, that thing's all Russian disinfo. Well, they got the guy uh, who who signed it and who admitted that it was Anthony Blinken stringing along this 51. So it was a campaign effort to help Biden. And everyone who signed it knew it was for that purpose. And so that is a major development. I mean, we all knew that was probably the case. But to have someone in writing say, yes, Anthony Blinken, the current Secretary of State, who uh, set this whole thing up, that is major government interference. It's, you know, coming from a Secretary of State impacts his ability to continue in that job. It also puts to bed a very important, it ends a very important, you know, battle in this country. Was the 2020 election interfered with? I've always felt absolutely it was. Now I don't think any reasonable person uh, could say it wasn't. And so the Dems and the left have egg on their face. They call it election denying. Well, it turns out they were very, very wrong on that. And so we got to continue. we got to make sure all 51 people who signed that letter can never work for a government contract or be on these boards of companies that have government contracts. Uh, it's just a great roadmap to really uh, hold accountable to people who interfered with our election, to legitimately push Joe Biden then,
1: You know, let me, let me uh, just retract just for a second, because just so people understand what you just said, uh, just to remind you, all of you listening, the Hunter Laptop story broke right before the 2020 election, and the New York Post did the expose, and uh, Twitter took it down, and it was banned. People could not find it. I, I said it was somewhere, but uh, for the most part, it was not available to the American public. That was right before the election. And I believe that night or a few nights later, uh, Joe Biden and President Trump debated. And Joe Biden announces smugly that 51 intelligence officers have said that the Hunter laptop is Russian disinformation. Well, none of us had heard that. That was that was a surprise. He broke the news in that debate. And, of course, President Trump would have had no knowledge of that, no time to background. And now, now here we are, what, three years hence, and what Mike is saying is that, in that deposition, we find out that the Secretary of State actually initiated that letter and got those fifty one intelligence officers to lie in a letter because they all knew it wasn't Russian disinformation. Have they said that in the deposition, Mike, that they knew it wasn't true?
3: um I haven't gotten to that part of the the deposition uh, I'd have to check that out
1: yeah, so but yeah, but anyway, so the the facts are the facts we know it isn't uh so. That's how serious this is. And sort of the, the, the election took place, I think, the next day, the next, within that week. And so we know what happened. And we can talk about ballot malfeasance and all of this, and I believe all of that happened. But this was not letting the American people know the truth about the man they were about to elect as commander in chief. And so this is what Mike is talking about when he's talking about how it affected the election. Anything else you want us to know, Mike? A headlight
3: or a highlight. Um, there is so much, Sandy. <laughs> Keep your eyes on what's happening at the border. I I think that is such a big problem in terms of who could be coming over. We've already had some uh, folks on the FBI watch list pop down there just recently. The solution is to impeach Mayorkas and anybody involved. In this, and for the states to be given the authority to do their job, uh, I would encourage your viewers to draw a distinction between a a member of Congress or a governor just being mad at Secretary Mayorkas and those who are actually willing to impeach him and do something about it. Uh, and so don't let, don't let people just get away with being angry. Call for positive action. That's what we're pushing for. I want to see Mayorkas impeached. I want an investigation into all the NGOs, these George Soros groups that are flying illegals around our country. Uh, and I think we needed that a couple years ago, to be honest with you, but no time like the present. Yep.
1: Thanks, Mike. I, I want to just point out that... Uh, as Mike has explained, these com- committees are understaffed. They don't have the resources they need to explore the massive corruption. Worse than corruption just seems actually too friendly to me now. But the massive undermining of this country through their, our agencies, our federal agencies, our F.B.I., our Justice Department, our executive branch, our White House, all of it. Uh, it's, a, it's a shameful thing. But Heritage Foundation has stepped up to the plate to form this uh, Heritage Oversight Project, and Mike is uh, overseeing that, and you can hear that they're doing a great job. So while Congress, they're stepping in the breach here uh, to help Congress uh, make these hearings happen and providing them with information and all kinds of things. And so we owe Heritage a debt of gratitude, and certainly we owe Mike the same thing. So Mike Hal, thanks for joining me. We appreciate so much uh, what you bring to this uh, this particular topic. We'll talk to you again, okay?
3: Awesome. Thanks, Annie.
1: All right, this is Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7. Wow, well, that was amazing, wasn't it? I mean, that was some incredible information. And as I've said before, and I will say again, this information is getting harder and harder to find. Surely, just my mentioning that the New York Times and all of these periodicals are major news outlets and all of these major networks are, not, are just silent, silent. You can see how dangerous this is becoming. Well, my husband, Bruce, the former FBI agent, will be joining me in just a second, and we will talk about it further. We'll talk about the FBI's response, for one thing, because we didn't get into that with Mike. So we'll ask Bruce about that. But meanwhile, Preborn, who is our sponsor, have a network of clinics that bring hope to pregnant women considering abortion through ultrasound. For just $28, you can sponsor an ultrasound and write a brand new story. All you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy and make your most generous donation. And I know they'll be grateful and so will I. Sandy Rios 24-7 is growing and we want to help you grow too. If your business or nonprofit is interested in sponsoring Sandy Rios 24-7, you can email us at infowagemedia four seven at gmail.com. That's InfoWage Media 24-7 at gmail.com.
2: This is Sandy
1: Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio.
0: Well, unfortunately, uh, we can't track down the informant. Uh, we're hopeful that the informant is still there. The whistleblower knows the informant. The whistleblower is very credible and all we're asking the FBI with respect to the form 1023 is what did you do to investigate this allegation and they send us back a very patronizing letter basically saying just trust us and don't worry about it i mean this is a pattern of behavior by the FBI that would suggest there's been a cover up for many years with respect to the biden influence peddling and The media will try to defend Biden and say, well, influence peddling is a cottage industry in the United States. Well, first of all, it shouldn't be. And secondly, no president has ever been accused of the things that the Biden family's been accused of at a time when we have a country like China that's that's a huge threat to our national security, not just, as I mentioned earlier, stealing all of our research and development, intellectual property. They're also building up their military. They've got a cyber uh, attack unit that's superior to anything that we can defend against in the United States. A- and they continue to buy industries all around the world that put America at risk.
1: That's the voice of Congressman James Comer, the chairman of the House oversight and accountability, and I I guess when I'm listening to him, I'm thinking, this is the Paul Revere of our time right now. He's telling us that the Chinese are coming, uh, and he's telling us that we have a corrupt government, a corrupt president, a corrupt, uh, dangerous, but corrupt is too nice, treasonous. He doesn't say that word, but I will say it. I've asked Bruce. Bruce was with the FBI for 24 years. He retired. Uh, He'd had a lot of experience in the FBI, and so I Honey, thanks for joining me this morning, and I figure this is something that you will want to comment on.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I'm waiting for the order that we have to start referring to each other as comrade, because I hardly recognize that we're in the United States anymore. Um, How chilling, how terrifying, actually, that uh, Representative Comer has to give us the news that people that are involved in these investigations are, quote-unquote, missing. Think about that. I mean, this makes me think back to when Russia was the Soviet Union and the KGB wanted to get rid of somebody. And we've seen it in movies where they they send one of their agents with a walking stick and he walks past the person they want to get rid of, touches him with the end of it, which contains a poison uh, pill that they inject into the person. And the person they want to get rid of dies. God, I, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to over-exaggerate here. Look, what, mean, are,
1: what, what else, what are they doing? What's happening? Why, why is this happening? He says a third of them have gone missing. It, a th- and a third are being uh, tried for various things. Like yeah. this Jill Galau, uh, I think is, that was his name, uh, said that he's been charged <laughs> now as an arms dealer. And he said, <laughs> he laughs, he says, it's laughable, I've never been an arms dealer. So this is what's happening to them, and now he's missing.
2: Well, and you ask people that have ever tried to, quote-unquote, go off the grid, even when they have lots of time to do it, it is so difficult. You you can be found. Um, You put the FBI on somebody, you won't believe the tools they have. They can monitor your Internet activity. They can look at your credit cards. They can use license plate tracking. They can use facial recognition. They can track your cell phone. And that's just really scratching the surface as to what they really can do if they want to find you. So I, I find it very, very suspicious that all of a sudden people are missing that might be able to incriminate the Bidens. And the FBI basically, as, as Mike said, just says, uh, you know, trust us. Trust us, we're, uh, we got we're this. working on we it. We got this. Yeah, we yeah.
1: got this. What is f- a Form 1023,
2: Bruce? Well, it's a, a documentation of information that is given by an informant. Uh, someone comes in, uh, they say, I have information about thus and such, and an agent will sit with them and document the information. And then it's put into the system, and the Form 1023 is the you know the the particular form that that information is contained in So by. that's
1: what they're refusing to give over and and in that I wonder you know who how would we know if that's the one from Gal Luft who said he gave a mm-hmm. what a 19-hour or 18-hour interview to the FBI in 2019 told them all of this yes. told them how corrupt and that the Hunter had a had a mole in the FBI this is what Gal Luft is saying Dr Luft mm-hmm. uh but you know how you know until we see it we don't know that that's true but we think it's true.
2: And the FBI, um, if they are concerned about what will be done with this form, they have avenues that it can be looked at in what we call in-camera. In other words, only certain people can see it, and they cannot reveal the um, the contents of it. So I, I don't believe this um, refusal by the FBI, this blanket refusal to give it, Is anything other than an attempt to cover this up?
1: Well, they're having if this if it is this if it is this, and it shows that they knew all about this back in 2019 before the election. That is really damning. As though someone could do anything about it, but it's damning. Maybe that's the reason. Don't you think it might be the reason?
2: Yeah, and you know, now that you look back and remember, the FBI and the Department of Justice would use those terms like "we don't want to interfere in an election." It's if you think back, they were covering <laughs> Laugh themselves back then. They knew they were interfering with the election, and uh, but of course the specifics of what they knew wasn't out there yet. But they knew that we they were already laying the groundwork. Like we're not going to interfere with this election, giving themselves cover for if this stuff. Oh, yeah, like they so righteous! Remember
1: Comey? Oh, yeah. So righteous about oh. that? <laughs> yeah. Me the, yeah, the, the guy who used to be involved with the Communist Party. He did. <laughs> Call me the commie. All right, so, <laughs> so uh, uh, Bruce, can you describe briefly the relationship between the FBI and the Congress in the past? Well, I, I would help people understand how this has changed, if it has.
2: Well, we actually had a, um, a bureau that was called uh, the, the Congressional uh, – I can't recall the exact thing, but it was a Congressional uh, Liaison uh, Division – and that was their sole purpose, was to interact with the Congress, provide them information, uh, do investigations that they needed. We worked hand-in-glove in an oversight capacity. We're, we're, a, we're a bureau. The Congress has oversight over us, and th- so you have a working relationship. But it's built on trust and it's built on rules.
1: And a mutual goal.
2: A mutual goal. Protecting the country. That's right. And now it seems like that goal has been turned into, what can we do as the FBI to cover up what the Bidens have done?
1: And to get them elected. To get them elected and make sure they stay in office. And to shut down the China Initiative.
2: You talk about
1: investigation to China's uh, overtaking or stealing intellectual property out of our universities. That was one of the first things Biden did was shut that down. This is the FBI cooperating. They, oh my goodness, Bruce.
2: Yeah, you talk about election interference.
1: It's breathtaking to consider these issues, and so that leaves us with you know I I can't leave the show without just saying to all of you what I believe is true. I say this all the time. For those of you who are followers of Jesus, you're committed, you know him. Uh, He will never leave us or forsake us. God's got this in his hand. He's not surprised. I personally think he has to bring judgment to this country. I think he has to bring judgment. I don't think he can allow things to go on the way they are, and I don't think we can either. With our families and our children being stripped from us, corrupted, perverted, horrible things, it has to stop. And so we have to, as awful as it is, we have to understand God's judgment. Like a parent who has to set things right, Uh, this is what he's going to have to do. And so I just say fasten your seatbelts. It will not be pleasant, a pleasant ride, Uh, but we're going to have to finish this well. So with me, pledge right now that you will be faithful today. You'll do, get up in the morning, go pay your bills, do your job, love your kids, go about your daily activities. Uh, But arm yourself, steel yourself, equip yourself uh, for what we know is coming. We can't paint a vivid picture because I can't tell you, but we know that it's going to get difficult. So do not give up. Do not go grow weary in well-doing, but stay steadfast, arm yourself, like um, and having done stand all, as Ephesians 5 says. All right, so that's my word for you today because I don't want you to go, I don't want you to stop listening to this because you're so discouraged. I'm really not. I know that doesn't make sense. It's just that I see God at work. It's like marching across the globe in ways we can see and ways we can't see. So just stay tuned for this um, incredible event in history as it unfolds. Thank you, honey. Thanks for joining me.
2: Thank you for having me, honey.
1: All right. This has been Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7.